You're listening to Shift, Human First Financial Guidance with Ross Marino. Today, we are once again shifting the conversation with Dr. Megan Lertz. Hello, Dr. Megan Lertz. Hello. How are you, Ross? I am good. So good to have you back on the show. I know we've, uh, actually, I don't even know how many times we've had you on, but uh, like it happens, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just read an article and think, I got to call her. We got to talk about this. So you, you produce such such good content and topics, and you had one that really engaged me, and uh, I knew we had to talk about it. But before we dive in, how about a 30-second introduction on here's who you are and here's what you do? Yeah, uh, so I am Megan, <laughs> and I work for the uh, kitsis.com platform is how most financial advisors find me. I do research there. I write there. I do speaking through there. Uh, typically, I'm writing about psychology, but I write about it in a particular way. I usually write about it about questions. You know, advisors' job many times is to ask really good questions. We hear, you know, a lot like bad data in, bad data out, but like good data starts with a good question. And so thinking about, you know, how we do that. Uh, I'm a professor at Kansas State University. I'm a lecturer at Columbia University. A moonlight every now and again at American College and uh, the University of Maryland. So I'm pretty easy to track down as either a teacher or a writer. <laughs> um, and I love hearing from advisors. Well, what grabbed me about the article was that it went over particular engagement we have with people and it's for prospective financial planning clients. And this is the meeting where it's kind of a screening meeting on whether they're going to be a good fit. And if you would approach me, and I've been doing this over 30 years of how do you do the screening meeting, it would be somewhat like a podcast. You know how that goes. We, we kind of wing it. So okay, I've got some talking points. I'm not really a process freak. So I want to engage. I want to ask questions. I love the questions. But you had written down some questions that I looked at a few of them and I thought, oh, I've got to put these in. And I actually had a meeting and uh, with with our COO and said, hey, let's put these in ours. But before we go into the actual mm -hmm. questions, let's, uh, let's talk about the environment, the meeting itself. So this is a meeting that I know for advisors can be a little awkward. For prospective clients, mm -hmm. it could be a little awkward. Can you maybe talk about some of the challenges with that? Yeah, I so like the idea for this came like I've just I interview advisors every quarter. In fact, I send out tweets. I'm not I don't have a large tweet following, but I do send out tweets every quarter asking advisors to meet with me so that I can ask them questions about how they do their job. And one of the things that just like commonly came up was that either either we'd be interviewing about something else and they add later, but advisors were very curious just about 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 this like how how do i screen people i'm a helper i help people i like to help people if i had my way i would help everyone and their brother I, it feels yucky to me to have to screen people because i want to hug everyone and like i love advisors and the fact that they feel this way um but that's not you can't do that. You know, you do, you have to run a business, you know, certainly you can say yes to maybe more people than you say no. But I think it's important to understand that or to, to have a set of tools. So I started thinking about what, well, what questions could advisors ask? And if we had more structure around why they're asking that, 
then then advisors can feel more comfortable going into a screening call where they may have to say no. Um, the flips, so advisors can kind of feel wonky about it. It doesn't, you know, it feels just as awkward for you. I think this is interesting. This comes up a lot in like conflict research and mediation. That we ever had been having a conversation with somebody and it's like, you can feel the stress in your own body that you are going to have to ask them this thing that you don't really want to. And then for whatever reason, they bring it up and you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you said something because I wanted to bring it up, but I wasn't sure how to bring it up. So now I'm here like, okay, so we ought like, there's that sort of bajiggity feeling that advisors have, like they need to talk about this stuff, but they're not quite sure how to bring it up. There's not a good structure for doing it. Then on the client side, which I think this is like kind of easy to overlook, just it, it, the day that somebody decides to call a stranger about a financial problem, this is not like the best day of their life, unfortunately. I wish it was. I wish people were very excited about calling financial advisors, but in my experience, they're not. Um, or there's always just like some sort of anxiety, maybe not a lot, but there's some like, I don't know this person, what are they going to ask me? So I think that, you know, knowing that there's some vulnerability, you know, there's some weirdness, like on both sides of the table. One of the ways to do that is just to get clearer about, I mean, you only want typically screening calls to be somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes. You don't want them to be really long. Right. So I think it's more helpful to tell people in advance as well as for yourself, kind of like have a script of this is what I'm going to do to sort of help. This is what we're going to talk about. These are the questions I'm going to ask you to one. It helps to control the length of the meeting. Um, people aren't like fumbling through papers or saying things like, Oh, I've never thought about that before. I, I don't know, you know, and then like it helps to kind of get through the meeting quicker but it can also help with the vulnerability. Like we both know that this is coming. This is not about me being a weird advisor. This is like our process. And this is these are the questions that we start with. This oftentimes feels more reassuring. So there was issues on the consumer side that were like running into issues on the advisor side. And I was like, oh, I can fix that. So I wrote this article. So you mentioned a script. And again, yeah. I, I love some of the questions there, but as I was just listening to you, you, you said that someone may think, gee, I never thought about that before, which to me implies that I may take these questions and send them out ahead of time. So do you suggest yeah. that? Put it on the website, email? How should I go about that? Yeah, I I think all of the above. You know, there's no, there's no reason to keep a scary financial conversation scary. <laughs> Like just send the agenda and be like, hey, these are the things that we typically talk about. Here, here's three questions that I'm going to ask you. If you're using something like a Calendly, you know, there's no reason to not put the questions there. And people may say, hey, you know, I answered these before, but now this is your opportunity. This this goes back to a different article that I wrote. If you ask the questions in advance, now you get to spend the entire meeting asking follow up questions, and follow up questions. Are magic. They are what people make people feel heard. And uh, the research that I wrote about was actually like speed dating. Um, they were these researchers, of course, nerdy researchers are like, how do people get second dates? So they, they watched all these speed daters. And what they found was that the people that were more likely or statistically significantly more likely to get 
a second date were the ones that were asking really good follow-up questions. So if you get them to answer these questions in a Calendly, spend your time asking follow-up questions. It makes you more likable. There's There's nothing wrong with going back over what somebody else has said and being interested in what they wrote down. Um, I think that this, you know, within 30 minutes, you know, can build, start to build trust, communication, certainly get you a, a greater understanding, like hopefully you'll be more likable to the, to the consumer, but then also, you know, as the financial advisor, you can dig in a little bit further on the things that are actually interesting to you. So, you know, put it in your Calendly, put it in the agenda, you know, certainly ask people to think about it. If you can get responses ahead of time, that's fine. It's not about re-asking the same question. It's about asking a follow-up question then in that 15, you know, 30 minutes that you have. And how much more valuable is it for someone to answer questions when they were actually prepped and already thought through it? Because so much of the time when we ask a question, yeah. they may answer, but then they amend and then they amend. And and of course, just oh, yeah. the follow-up questions, right? The the final result, it's a progress to actually help them take time to go down that path and then think about it leading up to the meeting. I mean, how much more powerful is that? Oh, extremely, extremely. You can get into other things. You know, it's one thing to ask about behavior. It's another thing, you know, to ask about how they feel. And I know that that sounds silly no or like obvious perhaps but people why people do things the emotions that they feel related to the things that they do you know this is a deeper form of connection this is a deeper form of listening um and i think that you can get to some of that and to your point yeah people will maybe write one thing one day you know because again Someone has woke up on a Wednesday and thought, oh, my financial life, I can't take it. I can't take it. And somehow talking to a stranger sounds less bad than dealing with this myself. And so you may have written in your Calendly, give me a, you know, in three sentences or less, what are you calling about? And they may have been like, I just received my big tax bill. And that's, they're mad on a Wednesday about taxes. But then by the time you meet them, you know, maybe another week or so has gone by or something. And they'll say, yeah, taxes are a real problem, but actually I've been worried about my restricted stock options at work for a long time too. It's just like, it, it happened to be the day that I wrote, it was the taxes that broke the camel's back. But there's this other thing that I also care about. And then you can say lovely things like, that's great, what else? And then they'll say, well, you know, I'm kind of worried about my kid's 529 plan. Okay, yeah, okay, what else? Well, you know, like people just kind of keep going. And so I, I think that uh, these screening questions, you know, again, we're, we're trying to keep it to 30 minutes. We're trying to learn about them. We're trying to build a bridge, you know, to, to get to help lower their anxiety, but to also connect and want them to move forward into the next meeting. You know, this is about getting a second date, you know, assuming that your first date, your speed date went pretty good. Um, and, and I think that that's an okay way to think about that. I'm working on a short presentation that I will deliver in about 40 minutes, actually. So after we're done recording and it's all about the significance of shifting the conversation and what you just described is shifting the conversation to actually go deeper 
so you can connect on a level where they understand what's driving them, what they're feeling and how that drives what they're thinking. We need to get there as well. And just to tie that into any type of prep work, if I send out questions, I'm now going down that path. I've already come closer to that point where I can shift that conversation to not just talk about their goals, but maybe their values, to not just talk about what they're facing, what the what the issue is today, I got a tax bill, but actually what really is on their mind and what matters even more to them. And this is this is a great way to do that. Now, you have a couple of questions I want to touch on that that I loved. And, and one was, uh, I don't think I've ever asked that of somebody, or I should say, I've never asked it intentionally because I don't actually have a process that it's in. So therefore, I don't think it came up much. It's have you ever worked with a financial professional before? Can you talk about yeah. why that's so important to ask that question? It's it really like, you know, tees it up for some really interesting dialogue, honestly. Like thinking back to the idea of follow-up questions, because like I can tell you from really big surveys, like the survey of consumer finance, it's also in the health and uh retirement survey. So like big uh nationally representative uh surveys on like people's financial behavior. One of the things that we ask people in those big, big surveys is who's your financial professional? And people will write like lawyer, uncle Ned, doctor, uh, people, people will write all like broker, uh, you know, there's some obvious ones, but there are also like some not obvious ones. Um, and so it's just very interesting to think about or to ask someone like, what is your understanding of, you know, the financial professional arena? Um, what is your relationship like with this person? Like if they said, you know, oh yeah, my financial professional, my uncle, you know, used to be a stockbroker. I talk to him all the time, but you know, he gave me some bad advice and that's kind of why I'm here. Well, that's super useful to know. Um, if they're like, well, you know, I actually really love Bob. Bob's my CPA. Bob's been giving me advice for years. I feel really good about things like I love Bob. Well, imagine down the road, you're looking at something that Bob did or suggested, you know, nothing against CPAs, but they're usually like concentrating on this year, oftentimes because clients are concentrating on this year. And there can be tax advantages to looking down the road, you know, and maybe doing some backdoor Roth and stuff like that. And so your potential information could conflict with what actually what this well-trusted CPA had said. And so even just getting an understanding of where are they getting their financial advice? Was that positive? Was it negative? You know, is this a person? Because likely people, even though we talk about finances as being really private and they are, there's usually still someone that people talk to, whether it's their dad, their mom, their brother, their spouse, you know, that they talk to about their finances. And so before, you know, we're jumping in and giving advice, whether that's a couple meetings from now or not, you know, knowing that they really love their uncle Ned, or they really think their CPA Bob is like amazing. And you're about to give advice that perhaps contradicts what they say. Knowing that in advance about how you might talk about, you know, why that is and how this is, you know, like it, it can really just set up future conversations. It also gives an idea too, if they've had a bad experience, you know, you can ask a little bit about that. If they've had a really good experience, you know, what went well? What it, what it, what did you learn from that that like I can help provide in this new relationship? Um, you know, I think that this is just such a wonderful open question that can lead to so many things 
in terms of, you know, this, this particular screening call is about, is this person a good fit for me? You know, so if they liked their other financial professional, what were the expectations? What was good about that? And then thinking to yourself as a professional, can I do that? You know, is that, does that sound good to me? You know, or, you know, what, what was their meeting cadence like, things like that. This is a way for you to, to find out more about what their expectations are. And if you want to meet those expectations or if those expectations are appropriate for your process. There may be more people that would like to work with me than are actually a good fit. And we yeah, all yeah. fall into that same category, especially earlier in our career where we have more time and energy than we have money. So if someone's on the phone, sure, pro bono for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, did a lot of it, still do some of it. I enjoy that. Occasionally, it goes to taking them on as clients where that little voice in your head is saying, not a good fit, not a good fit, but you, you do it anyway, especially in the early years, maybe talking about for minimums, how you charge in your process can help some of that. But I, I, I can mm. remember years ago, that's an awkward conversation, Megan. So what are some tips on how do I bring that up and just describe that whole exchange with a prospective client on here's what I charge, here's how we do it. Yeah. So this is another reason for not keeping this question a secret. You know, let let people know you're going to ask them. If it's a part of Calendly, there's no reason why you can't put in Calendly like some information about how you do your fees and then ask a yes or no question like, is this going to work for you? And then when you're on the call, you can indicate, hey, I, I read that our fees are fine for you like do you have any other questions about that you know here's how the process goes or when you get charged or whatever your fee schedule is and give them more information but it's it's that question gets awkward when people aren't really expecting it and it gets very awkward when it's the very first question i think it works better when it's a couple questions in and again it works a lot better or it comes off a lot smoother when you let people know, hey, we're going to talk about this. It relates to how we charge. You know, I'm sure you want to know what you're going to be expecting in terms of a bill of working with me. Well, I need to know in order to know that I need to know, you know, sort of what your what your assets are. Or if, for example, you don't charge on assets, you have a flat fee, you know, letting them know ahead of time what that fee is and asking them if that fee is comfortable. You know, if they say yes or if they say no, again, just follow up, you know, ask them a couple more questions about that. What you charge, you know, fees are important. Addressing the fee question, you don't, there are some advisors that are out there that, for example, will kind of start down the path of being a client and that they will build a financial plan uh, or a prospect, you know, in hopes that then showing them this financial plan that ultimately the client, you know, the prospect decides that they want to become a client. Well, that is great. You know, that sort of pre-commitment style uh, sales tactic works super well. <laughs> um, but you then have to worry, like there may be a, a time in which you ultimately build a plan for somebody that isn't even a good, a good fit or a profitable client. And then, yes, that feels yucky to say no, but also think about what that means for your current client base. Like if you take on a client that isn't making money, now it's kind of socialism and your other clients are paying for you to be able to take care of this client that can't afford it. And is that right? You know, like I don't, 
I'm not here to play the ethics and philosophy and morality game. But, you know, these are things to think about that, yes, advisors don't like saying no. Advisors love to help people. But you're not probably the best at helping everybody. There are lots of advisors out there. You know, help help the person to find who they need. And a part of that is, can they afford your services? And if they can't, that's not the right fit. And that's okay. There'll be other advisors. Insightful as always. This was a, a great article. It's at kitsis.com. I've read it a couple of times. And uh, as I mentioned, I instantly had a meeting with our COO afterwards and said, we, we got to figure out how to how to present this information and get these questions out ahead of time. I think it's a great strategy. As always, Dr. Megan Lurch, love having you on the show. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Shift with Ross Marino. Please visit humanfirst.live to learn more. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.